this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss knit and curl. Curl 8.4.0 was released to patch and release details on what was considered a hyped up high severity security vulnerability, easing concerns regarding severity. Next up, HTTP2 Electric Boogaloo. More than eight years after the adoption of HTTP2, DDoSers devise rapid reset attack. And of course, our fun game, Gold Guidance and Grievances. With that, Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 169, recorded on October 16th, 2023. I'm your co-host, Callie, curl next door, Fensel. With me is co-host Taylor, HTTP, too many streams, Wilkes Pierce, and last but not least, Tim, socks it to me, Helming. Welcome, everybody. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Here we are. Here we are. It's good to be back. Yeah, we took, we had our, we had a guest episode last week, so it's good to be back. Sean Gallagher was so good. Right? He, He was, wasn't he? It was so much fun to talk to. But everyone yeah. listening, this one's going to be just as good, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we're not trying to let anybody uh, down here. No. no. No, no. Everybody's like, well, you know what? If that one's the good one, I'm going to listen yeah. to that one. <laughs> Go listen to it again instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's how good it was. Yeah. For sure. you can do that. But. Yeah. but I hope you listen to this one and that one. Right. For sure. Right. So The completeness uh, of the Breaking Badness library is important. Yes, absolutely. So uh, what's, what's going on uh, with you both? Well, I liked the break into uh, reference there, Callie. That was pretty good. Oh, yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. What about you, Tay-Tay? You know, we're deep into spooky season right now, so we're picking out costumes and, and what types of candies we're going to have at the door. That's fun. Oh, what yeah. Are you, what, are, what are we landing on? Uh, you know, we're going to go just a bunch of Werther's Originals. Just oh. really disappoint all the children in the neighborhood. <laughs> Do you remember me talking about that? I can't remember if I brought that up on Breaking Badness. No. A couple of years ago. I, I'm, I will confess this. I'm a terrible Halloween planner. And a couple, and Holly's not any better. And a couple of years ago, we uh, found ourselves right at the last minute going to get candy and the store was cleaned out. And I kid you not, like Werther's Originals was <laughs> one of the only things we could find. So there were a lot of those. I, I'm, it's amazing that we didn't get egged. It's a testament to the, the goodness of the kids around here. Oh, I haven't considered the blowback. <laughs> the egg-related well, blowback. No, you know, well, okay. You'll have more than just the Werther's original, so I think you're fine. I yeah. think it was our limited selection was was asking for trouble. Yeah, maybe no full size. Maybe fun size? Snack size? Is there snack size, fun size, and full size? I've never heard of snack size. Huh. Oh, I've heard of hmm. snack size. Yeah. I feel like they only do that's a, That might not be a candy thing. Snack size might be other sorts of processed industrial foods. Oh, the could people be. who give out the full-size candy bars, that's astonishing to me. I mean, somebody <laughs> gave my son not just a full-size one, like one of these – it was the size of a skateboard. I mean, it was Whoa. just enormous. And uh, they were giving that out to all the kids. I mean, that's got to get expensive. 
my parents are uh, full sizers, but wow. they can they can do that in. Well, I mean, they've been doing it for a while, but um, they're retired now, so I'm just like, I guess they can they can do that. <laughs> that was unheard of when I was a kid. They well, and they it, I'm sure it can get expensive, but like they they have a system. They buy sixty bars, and when that's when that's done, that it's game over, man. Like lights sh- off. Sh- Should have gotten there earlier. House is empty. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And so my. I wanted to be the full-size house, and then, um, I don't know, the cheapskate in me just can't do it. (laughs) But if you have leftover um, fun-size bars, because we sometimes have that. I just chop them up, and I put them in cookies. Ooh. It's delicious. This week, follow us for more holiday tips on Breaking Badness. (laughs) I I do think most people are here for the holiday baking tips. (laughs) Follow me for more tips. It's likely, yeah. Can you? Oh, go ahead. I don't. I don't like fun size. The fun size that seems like it's not a great name for it. It doesn't tell me anything about it. And it sets and me up it's for a disappointment. Lot less fun than the bigger size, right? Yeah, it's, it's sort of Orwellian in that way. Let me decide if it's fun size. I'll be the judge if it's fun size or not. You just tell me what size it's like. I like your. Is this like the beginnings of your stand-up set, Tay? No, no, that's it. No, I just I was like, there's small and snack and fun. I'm like, how oh, fun sizes? That's a bad size. Well, now I can't, I can't go back to anything else because now, like, my husband's just expecting if we have leftover fun size candy, that that's what we're gonna do. He's like, now we have to buy the fun size bars because the promise of cookies. Yeah, Isn't the month there. of November will be ruined if you don't have. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Those chopped up little leftovers of candy bars. Now, on the other hand, you could, if you did decide to become that full size candy bar house, you can go get all your fun size on November first mm. at half price. So true. And make Fo- those cookies again. Follow us for more tips. <laughs> you guys, um, can you hear like a crinkling sound? On my end? No, try harder. Okay. Well, I'm just asking because there's a, of course, there's a paper bag in this room and my cat is like, I need to be in this paper bag right now. Yeah. Actually, I think, I think we should leave this in the podcast because that's totally charming. Good, good, good. Is your cat black? (laughs) I have my black cat and he's here as well. Um, And then I have my tabby and um, they've, they've been fighting over the bed that I keep on the desk um currently the black cat is when his name's simon and he's winning um you know dominance of of the bed and i think my 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 girl maddie is a little upset by that so she's just like i'm gonna i'll just be in this bag rustling around if you need me (laughs) does the daddy feel a little depressed this time of year a little bit left out yeah she's just like i don't even get a month I don't get a spooky month. And and Simon's over here, like, you know, just strutting. Like, yeah, just over here being my familiar. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love, I love, I always wanted a black cat because I love Sabrina the Teenage Witch so much. Huh. <laughs> and I finally got one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, yeah. We should, we should talk about Infosec, shouldn't we? Oh, though it is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. It is. Are we? Uh, are you guys aware yet? I've been aware of a certain amount of cybersecurity. Okay. 
I saw a firewall one day. What happens what on November 1st? Like, are you like, I'm fully aware now. Yeah, we're fine. There are no, yeah. there are no security problems in November because we've all gotten it figured out. Oh, good. Are there Isn't any nice? fun, fun sized vulnerabilities? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're actually, I think that's what our first article turns out to be about. Yeah. Like we, we thought it was going to be like a king size vulnerability. And then it turns out it's just kind of more fun size, I suppose. If I'm getting this correct. <laughs> mm. Listen on, dear listener. Yeah, so find out. Read the book and find out. So, <laughs> so curl 8.4.0 was released to patch and release details on what was considered a hyped up high severity security vulnerability. Um, but it turns out that might not be the case. Um, so, Tim, it's it's always good to start at the beginning. So for those who might not be familiar, what is curl? Yeah, I think that's worth mentioning that. So curl is a really old utility um, by technology standards. So this one dates back to 1998. I love how kids these days say, were you born in the 1900s, meaning any year that started with 19? So this one goes back to the 1900s in the uh, current parlance. And this utility is used in command lines or scripts to transfer data from websites or other web-based resources. Uh, but lest you think that this is just folks in hoodies, you know, hunched over clicky keyboards using curl, it's actually also used in cars, in television sets, which makes me want to barf, in routers, in printers, audio equipment, mobile phones, tablets, medical devices, set-top boxes, computer games, media players, and is the internet transfer engine for thousands of software applications. Uh, according to its maintainer, it's in there are over 20 billion with a B installations of curl. So whether you realized it or not, curl is used daily by you and virtually every internet using human on the globe. Uh, in fact, it's likely that it played a role in the process by which you got this here very podcast. Crazy. I had no idea. Before this, I had no idea. Um, Taylor, do you curl? Oh, yeah. It's, the, <laughs> it's your weapon of last resort, you know. <laughs> if all else fails, you can always curl it. Yeah. <laughs> so for context for our listeners, um, there were two vulnerabilities in, questions he, in question here. And so what were the concerns around the severity for, for each of those? Yeah. So, uh, so let's talk... Um, heap overflows. Uh, there is a uh, over. There is a vulnerability that makes uh, curl overflow a heap buffer, which is a kind of me memory buffer, in the SOX5 proxy handshake. So SOX5 is also a pretty old utility. That one goes back over 20 years um, as well. And it allows, you can think of it, it's a little bit like a VPN. It's a, kind of like a VPN-like proxy connection from a client to a server through a firewall typically, and this proxy allows you to tunnel any kind of IP traffic over that connection. And uh, it can be encrypted, which makes it look even more kind of VPN-like. It's not always encrypted, um, but it does allow you. SOX5, uh, the name meant uh, socket secure. So it is this uh, secure connection um, that's very flexible uh, and allows, uh, allows different kinds of data. Okay, so on to the vulnerability itself. So when curl is asked to pass along 
the host name, which is typically what it'll be connecting to, to the SOX5 proxy um, to allow it to resolve the uh, address, um, instead of getting it done by curl itself, the maximum length that that host name can be is 255 bytes. So if the host name turns out to be longer than 255 bytes, uh, curl says no problem. It switches to a local, uh, to local name resolving and passes on that resolved address uh, just to the proxy. Now, due to this bug, um, the local variable that means let the host resolve the name could get the wrong value um, if the SOX5 handshake is just a little bit too slow. Um, and in th that's where the problem happens. That's where this too long host name gets copied into this memory buffer uh, instead of just copying that address that it was supposed to be resolving to go talk to that server. And so as many of our listeners might know, buffer overflows are one of the real fundamental kinds of vulnerabilities. You're placing data into memory in an unauthorized or unexpected way. And so these overflows are exploitable in a variety of ways up to and including arbitrary uh, remote code execution on that target device. Um, so for an overflow to happen, it needs a slow enough SOX5 handshake uh, to trigger this uh, local variable bug. And, uh, and it, the client has to be using a host name, obviously that's longer than that uh, expected buffer. So you could potentially have a malicious uh, web server, which is redirected to a specially crafted URL that is too long and therefore allows you to go into that memory buffer. Now, the maintainer of, uh, of curl says that the typical server latency out there is likely slow enough to trigger this bug um, without an attacker needing to deliberately slow things down with uh, denial of service or some kind of you know control of the SOX server. But here's why this might not be as bad as it looked uh, initially. So uh, while it is fairly easy to exploit, uh, the researchers have found that the existing proof of concept exploits do not lead to arbitrary code execution. Basically, they just crash curl. Um, so you could think of it as a, a little denial of service, uh, but it's more of an annoyance than kind of being the end of the world. Um, but uh, also, uh, as uh, most people that are using curl are not actually connecting through SOX5. You don't have the SOX5 thing is not intrinsically tied to uh, to using curl. Um, and so if you're not using a SOX proxy, then this bug doesn't affect you either. Um, you know, and 20 years ago, these proxies were used a lot more extensively than they are now, but there are a lot of other, uh, other mechanisms, uh, that are in technology stacks today. Curl itself, as we heard is used a ton, but SOX five, not so much. So, so yeah, that's why this, um, uh, this heap overflow turns out to be not quite as big a, uh, quite as big a deal as we thought it might be. It doesn't necessarily knock your socks off. <laughs> it knocks your curl off, but that's not really a thing. <laughs> I guess like, well, like in, uh, in the, you know, hair world, it you know, flattens your curls or mm -hmm. mm. it's not, it's Man not management as management is, is not, important to many people. Not as good of a, not as good of a pun as I just gave there, but <laughs> <laughs> So this um, this article mentions that the vulnerability is useful, as you had said, targeting cybersecurity research and developers. Um, can you talk a little bit more about why that might be? Yeah. So um, 
As I, uh, when I mentioned that most people using curl aren't using SOX proxies, that was true because most people aren't security researchers. <laughs> They're so, not? Uh, right. It, it turns out, uh, well, most listeners to Breaking Badness probably are, but uh, anyway, <laughs> this esteemed population of security researcher does <laughs> demographically uh, use SOX proxies somewhat often for things like uh, hitting APIs to do testing and debugging and explorations of various kinds. So that is why they are kind of the population that this might affect a little more than the, the average user. And, um, you know, I think if you were trying to, trying to deliberately target security researchers, and that happens all the time, by the way, we've done stories about that on Breaking Badness before, you could potentially try to use this as, as a way of going after them. I don't, I don't think it would be particularly effective. I mean, particularly because, um, as you noted, you know, there was uh, this patch. So, so find another way to target security researchers. Or, or don't. Or, or, or really don't. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Yeah, don't. <laughs> Knock hey, it off. If you, if you were thinking about it, don't. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. So If um, you could just not... That would be great. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but then I guess what would we do? Well, the that's baking a good thing. Point, we got the baking thing. You know, we, we talk about. Yeah, we could shift to. Uh, that's when we could talk about pets. Or, or you know, like I think Tay said, like that's when the baking thing takes off, right? Or yeah, yeah, we were talking about baking. I think bef- yeah, before just keep we that hit in our back them. pocket. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Cool. We've got a plan B. Always important. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, but, especially uh, in November, we're going to have all those fun size snacks. To... Oh, yeah. But you know what, really? Like, I don't think either of these articles are, we're, I don't think we're going to talk about goodies as they relate to cookies and everything. So that's, well, maybe not. That's a bummer. Yeah. Um, but, okay. So on when, so it was last Wednesday, which was as of this recording, that was October 11th. Um, that's when curl 8.4.0 was released and things were found to be not as bad as predicted. So I was hoping, Tim, you could expand on on what happened and why the severity was not what we thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, we could sort of look at it inversely, like because in a way, I um, I described a little bit why it's not as severe, but let's let's look at instead in a way uh, like uh, at why it seemed like it was so bad. So I think. Uh, security researchers are the ones who saw this. And so it's an, it's natural that they would have a pretty strong reaction to it. And so I think that's why this blew up so much. And it really kind of did. I mean, a lot of folks listening to this probably saw stories about this, why it blew up so much on InfoSec Twitter, by which, by the way, I do not mean that X thing. I just mean that's a stand-in for this more ethereal concept of an online community of security nerds who care about this kind of thing. So... <laughs> I think everyone took a sort of took a beat and realized that that key point from earlier that the whole world isn't using SOX proxies the way that security researchers are. So, you know, this community went, "Hey, this is a big deal because I use this stuff," and then kind of stepped back and said, "Well, okay, yeah, probably not most people uh, are using this." So, um, but you know, and now it's patched, so that's another reason why it's it's less of a big deal. But you know, a lot of times we we look for articles that are 
things that are really important and and that are pretty big deals. In this case, I thought it was interesting to deliberately pick something that had, had looked like it was pretty bad, but that we now know as of when we're recording this, maybe we don't have to worry about quite as much. Yeah, I was interested um, in, in talking to you more about that fear, uncertainty, doubt, or FUD um, aspect of this story um, and, and what your thoughts were on the, you know, what about reporting on mm-hmm. vulnerabilities such as these with with that level of extremity? Like, what, what do you think that says about the reporting aspect of it? Yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody likes a, a story that's, you know, that's exciting and a, a big deal. Here's my overall assessment, which is that I don't think we see, and this may be a controversial opinion, I don't know, I, I don't think we see overall a huge amount of sky is falling style overhype from the security community. I mean, maybe it's just because of who I'm following out there on social media and whatnot. But, um, you know, I think people tend to have a pretty good perspective, especially as the industry has matured over the years. So to me, if we occasionally overshoot like this and, um, and overstate the severity of something initially, I'm okay with that. That's a price I'm willing to pay for the awareness that this community in general um, provides all the time. Okay. So, so it doesn't it doesn't bother me much, really. It don't impress you much. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, final question on this: um, You know, as this vulnerability was not as severe as expected, what do you think that means for future exploits? The article in question kind of alluded to something at the end there. Yeah. I, I don't think we're going to see necessarily a, a ton for this. Um, you know, it's, it is possible that, uh, even though it's patched, two things could happen. Number one, um, for unpatched systems, they, it, somebody may develop, um, an exploit that is a little trickier, a little harder to, uh, um, to remedy. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that the majority of software out there probably has some way of getting, uh, of developing memory overflows of one kind or another. Um, so there is the risk of that, uh, or, um, there's a risk, uh, that, that was for unpatched systems, or there's a risk that in 8.4.0 and beyond the patched versions, well, you know, there may be some, some other flavor of this that gets exploited, but, um, I'm not, I'm not super worried that that's likely to be the case, um, unless there are vulnerabilities that don't involve the SOX proxy that could change things, uh, somewhat, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not losing sleep over this one. There's plenty of other stuff to lose sleep over right now. (laughs) For sure. I think that, um, leads us pretty nicely into our hoodie rating. So, um, if you are a newer listener to our uh, program, we like to end each of these segments with um, giving our articles a, a hoodie rating from one to 10. And if you can picture the stereotypical hacker in a hoodie. Um, 10, Using curl at the command line. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so 10 uh, is you know, devastating, to, uh, whereas one is, you know, not this, this is not so bad. We're, we're going to continue about our day. So, um, Taylor, I'll start with you. Having listened to this, uh, li- listened to Tim's explanations on these questions, um, what would you rate 
this this vulnerability or lack of I, yeah it's pretty low right i mean <laughs> yeah. it's it's interesting i will say that i follow the curl main maintainer on socials and so when they were posting about like hey we've got this kind of mysterious curl thing that we're going to release an update for it's the biggest security problem we've seen in curl uh you know in in this, that, and the other, uh, which look, relatively speaking, may be totally true. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I guess I thought I was going to have more hoodies for this one, but it's, it's a, I guess just a single solitary hoodie. One lonely hoodie, yeah. but that's a good thing. Yeah. It's a great thing. Yeah. Too many hoodies is a, is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, what about you? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, telegraphed this uh already but the kind of the the whole point here of this story is that it's in fact something that looked like it might be several hoodies and now i, I i'm straight up with taylor i it, this is a una hoodie this is a single hoodie event let's go and, yep this is the hoodie one club. hoodie the we've, one hoodie club we've returned the other hoodies to the store we don't need yeah. them no well we haven't heard taylor's story yet Oh, that's true. That's true. Oh, keep that in mind. Okay. That's right. Grab them but, back. Uh, but yeah, this is a this is a single hoodie event. Gotcha. Well, that, that's great. We like we like a single hoodie event. Uh, means we it means we live in uh, precedented times rather than the unprecedented times. <laughs> so yeah. So th- thank you, Tim. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. And then we are going to return with uh, HTTP2 Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) I'm glad you got that in there again. I I know. (laughs) (laughs) Greetings, Breaking Badness listeners. We hope you're having a devilishly good cyber spookurity a werewolfness month. If this is your first episode, welcome aboard. And if you've been listening for ages, we thank you for that. After all, we assemble this monster mashup of hacks, vulnerabilities, exploits, and other frightful topics just for you. Now, if you are enjoying this show, we hope you'll tell all your fiends about it. And if we might be so bold, we'd love for you to consider leaving a rating and a review of the show on your favorite podcast platform. Skull it over, won't you? And now, since the show is undead, let us rejoin it. All right, and we're back. How was the break? So great. It was it was long and refreshing and That's know, good. I, that's what you know. I got that, all my Halloween stuff taken care of. Perfect. That's yeah. what you need to. I um I need to do some Halloween stuff because I, I think similar to, to you both, I've I've put off candy buying until the last minute. Um because I there's so much in the store. You think you have scads of time. And then they uh they swiftly prove you do not. Um yeah, the non-planners <laughs> swoop down and take care of that stuff at the very end. Yeah. No, wait, so I don't know what else I need to do. I need to carve some pumpkins. But yeah. But we're not here for that. We're here to talk about HTTP2. All right. Yeah. <laughs> you are on this, Taylor. HTTP2. So so more than eight years after the adoption of HTTP2, DDoSers, which is, I think that's a fun, fun thing to say. Not a fun 
group, but they uh, devised a rapid reset attack. So, um, so Taylor, uh, again, starting at the beginning, uh, what is uh, HTTP? And again, that's kind of hard to say. What is HTTP two rapid reset, and why was it initially <laughs> missed by all but a few select engineers? Uh, great, lots of great questions. Uh, but if we could back up, even to, you know, hey, there's HTTP one. <laughs> that's, oh, you know, I guess that we can, has we can been, start there. You know, power, powering uh, connections around the world since '89. Uh, HTTP two is a rework uh, of that spec. You know, the Google team actually had a lot to do with this. So there's a really good blog from the Google folks on this as well that we can link to, uh, you know, designing a protocol that allows us to handle a lot more connections and to uh, do a lot more, uh, you know, with the internet writ large. And so, um, you know, we switched over to more of a, a, a binary messaging format encapsulating all of these things and what they ended up with was the ability to run a bunch of streams at layer four um between you know a, a user and the like the serving infrastructure of this stuff um and it's a part of opening up all these streams for users as they're you know going about their business on the web uh it turns out that they might have forgot to like talk about closing all those streams <laughs> Uh, yeah, we'll or, get around <laughs> they might not have been as prescriptive as they should have been <laughs> as it pertains to closing all of these streams. So, you know, this is go wrong. the spec is written this way. Um, so, you know, there are uh, some web servers that adhere to that spec like very clear, clearly and that's it. Um, and th therefore are kind of vulnerable to this. And there are other web servers that are a little more custom in their implementation of this. Um, I'm thinking like Apache or Nginx that uh, are able to handle this or, you know, handle this type of, you know, DDoS attempt uh, a little better. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, basically what are, um, what are, 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 are the folks out in DDoS land, our DDoSers uh, have discovered is that you could just like open up um, just like a ton of streams. You can just like, hey, I want a lot you can just ask the server for a lot of streams all at once and if they aren't closing off the streams you can uh just ask them over and over and over and over again it allows them to generate a lot of noise from just a few hosts uh so you know when you think about ddos's traditionally there's um you know i can you send a lot of data to you i can request a lot of resources so i can target you um you know at the uh like just stuffing connections, right, with lots of bits. Um, or I can also, um, you know, request things at layer three and four and just send lots of packets. So you kind of see, you know, DDoSing, there's a, a few ways to do it. We've just discovered a new way uh, to stuff way more requests and, and get these hosts very stressed out. And so, um, you know, the end result is just um, a lot of connections and a bad time for the larger hosts that are trying to maintain the internet for us. Gotcha. And there and there are multiple kinds of DDoS attacks, right? Um, this this article had discussed a couple of them. So what are the two most popular ones? Yeah, again, like one is to stuff a ton of request, like yeah. data in requests. Um, and then the other is just to flood with IPs, flood with hosts that are making requests. And so, you know, you kind of need... Um, a volume of machines, of endpoints to be able to drive those types of attacks. Gotcha. Have you ever seen What We Do in the Shadows? I saw the movie. I have not seen the TV show. Oh, I love the movie. The movie is better. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll start off with that. But there's like a, 
a vampire in the show that's kind of like a um, emotional vampire like uh like he's just like sucking energy from people like that's his whole thing like he's not looking to turn anybody else into a vampire but i just kind of imagine he'd be this type of attacker i think i know that guy yeah he'd do he'd do ddos (laughs) attacks but yeah (laughs) (laughs) follow me for more insights So what about this one, this particular attack makes this more impressive or, you know, is this, is this type of DDoS attack one we see less frequently than the others? Well, this is, this is a newer uh, kind of implementation of a DDoS, right? So we've, we've, because the spec didn't, uh, you know, force folks to, to think about this, some of them didn't. And so in their implementation of the spec, they uh, kind of left themselves vulnerable to this. Unfortunately for us, the folks that uh, left some of those specs open were some of the larger <laughs> drivers of traffic around the internet. Um, so mm. you know, Cloudflare being one of them, F5, there's a lot of folks that, you know, and all these folks work together, by the way. There's a lot of folks that work together behind the scenes on this uh, to help mitigate this without it, um, you know, bothering users out in user land too much mm-hmm. uh, so i think that you know that that's the, the kind of the good news around this whole thing i like that yeah. for a minute i was like i was like oh the attackers are working together to to make it the... <laughs> and then you clarified it for me so i appreciate that um but who are who are who are these attacks targeting specifically yeah, so you know, in this case, they were targeting the larger infrastructure providers, just because they were mm. that you know they're going to go with whoever's vulnerable first, and then whoever they want to target across the vulnerable folks to begin with, right? So like, you know, it, it, it some of the stuff they're just trying to take down Cloudflare just in general, like, um, you know, they they <clears throat> were able to flood with a ton of requests, and and they did manage to knock some stuff off um, for periods of time, uh, but they you know the like the the cloud implementations are really where this stuff was vulnerable the most. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So I, I read the comments of this article. I know I shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, stay out of the comments. <laughs> but I've got to look. But somebody in the comments had mentioned that what's missing from this article is what the Internet Engineering Task Force or IETF is doing oh. about this. And I was wondering if, if perhaps you could provide a summary of, you know, what's what they're what they're doing if if you know of anything or just just yeah i'll let you talk now (laughs) (laughs) well sure right these folks have have written these specs they um you know i'm sure this is going to cause them to have a reaction to it you know these things take time so you know the cynical part of me is like well they're going to have a working session and then a meeting and then they're going to have a review and then they're going to you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, there is kind of a bureaucracy that at work here to a degree, but it is in the open, so we can kind of see it in um, in their communications, and um, so hopefully they'll get to this pretty quickly. But it does look like this has caught their attention, so um, you know, like a lot of this is just going to be folks who have coded these implementations for HTTP two are going to have to go back and, and fix them. Um, mm-hmm. And there's going to be a long tail to this that could could take a little while to shake out. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I think we will head into our hoodie rating for this particular story. How does that sound? Sounds not like great. Honestly, <laughs> it sounds right. dandy. Good, good. That's what I'm going for. Um, so we started with you, Tay, last time. So Tim, why don't we start with you? 
It's, you know, DDoS, I would say, still is something that I tend to put into a the bucket of annoyance things more than that that is i should say for for most of us again if you're the target of that ddos and your systems are unavailable that sucks but um if you're kind of the average bear um these are it's interesting and we just constantly see these bigger and bigger uh, these records being set in terms of the volume of the DDoS, as Taylor pointed out, that's usually because they've recruited the biggest botnet. And so now you have this different way of getting uh, a, a lot of traffic out there with a lower number of hosts doing it. Um, so ultimately, yeah, I think I'm going to put this at four hoodies. And yeah, uh, I'll go with four. All right. That stands to reason. How about you, Tay? You know, I uh, am a little higher than Tim on this, and I'm going to go five and a half hoodies. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's I'm it's glad one you of the got it's a partial hoodie in there. I got to get a partial five point five five actually. 5. The five is repeating, and the hoodies never end, baby. No, <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a novel. Uh, you know, it's novel, so that's always interesting. It's like the volume is a hundred times beyond what was capable on you know your traditional DDoSs, so that's pretty alarming. Yeah. Um, you know, it got everybody's attention. Uh, so to me, that's a little higher than than four, but you know, it's not a world-breaking vulnerability or anything like that. Gotcha. Okay, great. Well, well, thanks Taylor for you know walking us through this. We'll maybe have to keep an eye on this and see what what goes on from here. But uh, how about you know because of time, I want to make sure we get into our gold guidance and grievances. How does that sound? Sounds like a plan. All right. Well, um, so for listeners, again, if you're a newer listener, first of all, thanks for listening to us. That's great. Yeah. Uh, And um, uh, Gold Guidance and Grievances is um, something that we've been doing at the end of our shows where um, our our guests, usually Taylor and Tim, uh, if if they're not out of town, are sharing um, something that they have found um, to be a good thing within the industry. Um, which is their gold, um, something helpful, guidance, and then, of course, anything that's, you know, grinding their gears, which is their grievance. And um, what we've discovered is we shouldn't end on the grievance um, because that leaves a really weird vibe um, as we leave the show. So we're going to start with the grievance and work our way toward the gold. So, Taylor. It's so much better this way. It, it does, but I can't say grievances, guidance, gold. It just doesn't roll off the tongue that well. <laughs> so, but, but Taylor, how, what, what is bothering you this week? You know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that for it, it, like for the enterprise community is the kind of inverse to like, you have this balance between privacy of internet users and then visibility in enterprise networks and the Cloudflare encrypted client. Hello stuff. <laughs> <laughs> kind of sits right in the middle of those things and uh it, it grievance isn't right because i think uh for some users it's going to be fantastic but from an enterprise perspective i do grieve uh the loss of visibility on uh, queries that are happening in dns and so that that is my grievance um but you know hopefully all of our 
fantastic enterprise network folks are forcing uh, everyone to use just regular old DNS. Um, that is my. Grievance. I got to say, I'm totally with you on this one. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it's going to we're going people are going to have to start looking at the answer side a little more closely. I think. Um, but yeah, that's my grievance. Uh, but it's kind of a, a split grievance because I totally get the use case for users writ large. Uh, mm -hmm. But from an enterprise security standpoint, I grieve. <laughs> okay. How yeah. about your guidance? Guidance. Uh, here's a, I'll give a little art. It's a wired article on how long your phone's going to get security updates. <laughs> Send this to your relatives, <laughs> friends. Uh, just, you know, uh, encountered someone with a really old phone that had gotten a security update in a while. And uh, I was like, oh, man, yeah, this is a terrible position to be in with the number of ODAs that are hitting the various mobile devices that we see. Gotcha. Okay. And how about your gold? Gold. I have maybe two Ooh. two gold things that I that I that I like. Um, one, uh, the uh, Google trying to push over to pass keys. I think long term is a good thing for the industry and for personal users. I think that's um, and that is using you know a biometric or you know something that you are have uh, to help pass a test versus a password, which is something you know. Um, so I think that's great. Uh, and then also, this is like a really small one, but VBScript is getting deprecated by Windows. <laughs> and it's like um, really, really old. And, Sometimes and, uh, it's the little things. It's the little things, right? It's just like, oh, okay, good, yes. Uh, yeah, those are my two, those are gold things. Oh, cool, awesome. How about you? So Tim, what about you? What's uh, What are your grievances, guidance, and goals? All right. Well, we'll start with the grievance. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's it's not fun. But uh, with the conflict going on in the Middle East, um, unsurprisingly, there uh, there are big online components to that huge amount of disinformation and uh, also, you know, um, exploitation of everything from um, you see fake uh, charity sites, which we always do when things go bad in the world to malware that's uh, related to this conflict and everything. So um, it's it's just really unfortunate. And uh, this is why we start off with the grievances because we're not gonna end on such a sour note. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really bummed out about that. Uh, guidance is, <laughs> this is a, this is a family show, so I can't entirely uh, read this, but if you search on the, perennial favorite article, which you've probably read before, most of us have, that begins its decorative gourd season. Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> Who couldn't use a laugh, right? It's on McSweeney's. It's, uh, it, God, it's got to be at least 10 years old. Anyway. Yes. It stands get, the test of time, though. Give yourself a chuckle. I send it out to my friends and family every year. And uh, so that's my guidance. Uh, and my gold is, this isn't a security thing per se, not that uh, decorative gourd season was either, but there's a really interesting article about how glass might become the data storage medium of the future. Um, this is some, some Microsoft uh, research on this. So I thought that was fascinating. Um, glass turns out to be an endlessly interesting subject. Probably this podcast is reaching people through glass also. Ooh. 
This glass storage medium, does it involve discs and small etchings in the glass? Yeah, so how this how this works is is really interesting. So uh, the I saw this on Slashdot. I still read Slashdot. I don't know how many people still look at that, but uh, uh, you know this this researcher from Microsoft says if we carry on the way we're going, we're going to have to concrete the whole planet just to store the data that we're generating. That doesn't sound like a really good way to go. Um, but he says a small sheet of glass can now hold several terabytes of data. Um, and uh, what happens is that uh, they, it's it's kind of like you said, uh, Taylor, but it's it's a little more. Uh, it actually is uh, glass discs, but they're storing the data in three dimensional pixels, which they call Whoa. voxels. Um, and so, uh, and also, you know, one of the cool things about this is, as we all know, magnetic storage media are. And also CDs degrade over time, so sure. that's not your that's not your forever storage. Um, but there is uh, there's the thought that these glass plates could stay stable for thousands of years. So uh, so this is pretty interesting. Microsoft calls it Project Silica. So check your out. Po- your bad posts can live forever. <laughs> <laughs> The comment section can live forever. We can oh, make it eternal yeah. in glass. God, <laughs> if we, you know, we we generate all of this data every day, these astonishing amounts. How much of it would we be better off really not Just generating? So Probably much. most of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, very cool. Thank you both for your uh, for your gold guidance and grievances. This has been great. Having a lot of fun on this episode with you both. Um, so, and again, thank you to our listeners for uh, for hanging out with us again uh, this week. And you know, be sure to uh, you know stop by again next week because we'll have another new episode coming up. But uh, thank you, Tim and Taylor, for your uh, insights and uh, your fun thoughts on gold guidance and grievances. And we will be back again next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at Domain Tools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click.